Warning. The following contains discussion of bullshit, bullshit, and more bullshit. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> bullshit. Sorted confessions of two men with nothing in common but an accent. I am James. And I am Matt. So, Matt, how has your past month been? I ain't done a damn thing, really. I ain't got... There, all's quiet on the Georgia-South Carolina front. Well, fuck you, then. <laughs> this uh, podcast no, is over. <laughs> no earthquakes, no creepy pedo vans, no, um, no going to see any movies about mad magicians who rob people <laughs> no grease related tragedies yeah. um oh there is just one slight thing that i probably heard of the most racist thing my mother ever said <laughs> i forgot about that just now I like, I like that you just had that in your back pocket <laughs> i forgot about it literally till just now but uh <laughs> okay matt tell us the most racist thing your mother ever said so far let me correct so that. far Today, I mean, you know, today's another day, but, um, so, anyway, give you some, little bit of, you know, information, uh, there's this show that comes on, like, late at night, like, on a local TV channel, it's some cheesy dating game called Ex Excused, and the only reason I watch is, the only reason I watch it, seriously, it's not a lie, I don't enjoy it, but it comes on right before it. it's always sunny in Philadelphia, so I leave it there, I don't watch it or enjoy it or anything but hey it's still better than my old excuse for watching those shows when i was younger there's no cable on and this is the closest thing to porn yeah <laughs> uh but yeah this excuse show comes on uh some crappy dating show and what they do a lot of times is uh most times they'll have white people dating white people uh or black people dating black people sometimes it'll be mixed couples but um most time it's black black and black or black and white but anyway this episode in particular was uh a black couples and so i was you know it was all in the background i was on the computer and then my mom come in she was she passed by and like these two black people were kissing she's like you know i don't like seeing black people kissing i don't know what it is that probably sounds bad but something about them with you know their big lips hitting together <laughs> kissing i was like maybe you should just leave uh yeah but I'm not trying to be racist. I'm just saying it's personally disgusting to me, okay, to see that. I'm like, just just, 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 just be quiet and leave right now, you know? I'm trying to watch Excused in Peace, racist. Yeah. Maybe so. Like, I'm, not, I'm not racist. I just think two people with inferior genetic sequences loving each other physically is an abomination in the eyes of God. Yes. It's just personally appalling to me. And this was, of course, like the day after we I picked her up from work and we went by like some trailer and she saw a lot of black people hanging out. So looks like it's the welfare time of the month. I'm like, oh, Jesus, lady, I thought you were the more progressive of the two parents in this house. But I don't know. You thought she was the yin to your father's raging kung fu fighting yang. <laughs> 
Uh, she is in a way. Her hatred is just verbal. It's not. It's not physical. So. She's the Jesse Pinkman to his Walter White. Exactly. Reference. Ding. 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 But yeah, I just remembered that. So yeah, my mother being disgusted at the sight of black people kissing. No, no other news to report. Yeah, I had a vaguely similar experience to the welfare day thing you were talking about. Uh, the current topic of discussion in my household is uh, the black neighbors who just moved in. Oh, Lord. Uh, and before they even moved in, when we just knew that a black family was preparing to move into our house. How did you know? Uh, I think we saw them, like, moving in, like, their furniture and stuff before just, they were officially just, living there. I just imagine, like, y'all, like, oh, no. A Cadillac's pulling up in the house over there. We know who this is. We still have an old-timey racist telegraph system. Beep, 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 beep. The blacks are nearby. But, um, yeah, it's... The immediate uh, point of discussion was, well, it's. I guess it's okay if they're here, but if they start hooting and hollering and acting a fool, there's going to be trouble. Like... And more of, like, the most cliched black neighbor complaints you could possibly think of. Playing that loud hippity-hop. I know. Walking around with a dick hanging out. Pants on the ground. Acting a fool. With the pants on the ground. Um, it's weird, like, I've, like, I've had a few, like, you know, most time my neighbors have been pretty, you know, they keep their business, but... The times I've had black neighbors, they've been much better neighbors than the white people who have moved in. The white people are always rednecks, white trash, yelling in the yard, kids out in the road, you know. The black people, you know, they had you know, a lot of, you know, they're like us. They kept to themselves, didn't really go outside too much, didn't come over to bug you or throw rocks at your mailbox like the white white people did. That's always been my experience. and The, the thing that... <laughs> My issue with that wasn't just the racism, it was just the fact that you know, we live in a pretty nice neighborhood. If they have the money to buy a house right across the street from us, they're probably doing a lot better than we are. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I don't want a bunch of ghetto rats moving here in Riverside Pines. <laughs> uh, you live in the country club? I live in the golf course from Caddyshack. Roddy Dangerfield just rides around on a golf cart playing hey. Journey. We're all going to get laid. Night. <laughs> I'd want to live there. But you raise an interesting point. Uh, the thing you often hear whenever race is discussed is, well, in my experience, all the black people I've, I've met have been like this. And, and, and that's expected with people who are hateful towards other groups of people. But I've always found it equally annoying when people say, well, I've never had a problem with gay people, so I guess they're all right, and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's better, I guess, but you're still not using logic. Yeah. You're still just saying, well, based on the things directly in front of my eyes, I guess this thing is okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just a case of treating people as people, you know. Uh, white people can be assholes, black people can be assholes, gay people can be assholes. Asshole is not color, sexually orientated, or, you know, gender specific. Unless it's, you come from New Jersey. Yeah. That's if you're, just. If you're in New Jersey, you're just born an asshole. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I think I think you do raise some interesting points that yeah, there's stereotyping cuts both ways. You know, there's bad stereotypes like you know, the uh, black people you know don't you know, lazy blah blah blah. This Mexicans da da da. You know, but then there's the actually technically good stereotypes about like how black people, black men especially, you know, they're well endowed and like how Mexicans are hard workers and stuff. I'm pretty sure somewhere out there there's there's a Mexican who hates working and there's a uh, black guy who's hung like a like a limp noodle. But I'm pretty sure the black people won't admit it. They want that stereotype. I don't blame them. I don't blame them one bit. It's like how white us white people are so fond of our stereotypically good dance skills. Yes. That's what I was wondering. Is there any, I guess the only good stereotypes about white people are the whole thing about rich and rule the country and all that jazz. I'll take that. I'll take that stereotype over, you know, lack of dancing skills any day. That's not so much a stereotype as it is statistics. (laughs) Oh, that that stereotype that white people own everything. Oh, Oh, that seems to check out. It's not really so much. Yeah, it is kind of truth but but yeah anyway uh so that aside anything interesting happened this month besides your neighbors so moving away from the folly of white male privilege (laughs) white man's burden we all have it james (laughs) our most controversial episode yet (laughs) we just talk about rudyard kipling yeah fuck the jungle book I read that book. I did not want to see Baloo say dance. <laughs> there was nothing in there about the bare necessities. Walt Disney lied to me. Uh, I had an- another frustrating experience involving prejudice at work last week. Were you discriminated against because you were tiny tendons? Yes, but that's not what I was going to talk about. You can hang out with us if you can jump. Higher than this. No! I will never be a kickboxer. <laughs> but uh, I was just minding my own business, you know, as you do in Walmart, because, you know, you don't want to look people too closely in the eyes. They might snap. Eye contact, you know, it means you're, you're afraid of them. They, they can sense the fear through your eyes. I tell you, it's like walking through a leopard cage. It's... I'm stocking a shelf, and all of a sudden, this kid, uh, maybe 15, 16 years old, comes up to me and starts talking to me, doing the most high-pitched, over-the-top, insanely offensive gay voice you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, higher-pitched and more offensive than the way you talk now? Yes. Hmm. At first, I thought he was just making fun of me. And I realized that this kid does not know me. So unless he subscribes to the podcast, which I don't think is likely, this was unrelated. I don't know. You don't know. We, we have a reach. You know, He may have gotten wind of us through the German site. <laughs> He's looking for his Scheiser porn and found us. <laughs> the related tabs. But, um, comes up to me. He's like, hey there. Uh, are you guys hiring? Uh, do you have anything against gay people? <laughs> and is that literally what he said? Like, yes. Are but, you sure this was a kid, not Paul Lind, come back from the grave? Now imagine this ten times higher pitched and even more offensive. 
I can't. I'm sorry, but I'll just go with your voice. That's the closest thing probably come. So my first instinct is okay. This is this is just a douchebag. That's just going around doing a gay voice to to be an asshole. Because you'd be surprised at the amount of teenagers we get who just walk around assholing at people for no particular reason. They're teenagers. Oh, oh look, I knocked something over. <laughs> Clean that up. Asshole is their natural habitat. It's their natural state of mind. Uh, there's a YouTube trend going around right now called jugging, where you go into a convenience store, get a gallon of milk, and just slam it on the ground as hard as you can so it busts everywhere. The fuck? And then you record this and then run away. Seriously? Yeah, we had somebody do that a couple of weeks ago. I miss the good old days of the Harlem Shake. Those were simpler times. I miss the days of phone booth stuffing. <laughs> that was teenage idiocy where nobody got hurt. And everybody copped a feel. <laughs> but yeah, so, you see where I'm coming from. I I assume it's just of someone being a yeah, dick for no reason. Of course, and yeah, and rightfully so. I just, I want to yell at this kid, but... Obviously, if I'm yelling at customers, that's not going to look very good for me. So all I can do is just ignore him. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, dude. But he will not leave me alone. And like he starts touching me and going, uh, uh, you have a problem against gay people. Why won't you talk to me? What, are you gay? And I'm just like, dude, just leave me alone. And he stands back and says, oh my god, you're so homophobic. <laughs> and I'm literally one second away from turning to him and saying, no, I'm not homophobic, but that voice you're doing sure as fuck is. And I turn to him, like, really angry, and all of a sudden he goes, dude, 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 it's okay, I'm just screwing with you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I figured that. It's okay. I'm doing a YouTube show. I'm going to repeat that. This kid, with use of a hidden camera on his phone, was doing a YouTube show where he goes up to people in Walmart and does a silly gay voice. This is what's happened to the youth of America. I don't know. There, there, there are no words. I'm sorry. I look at him and I'm like... What? Wait, what, you're doing a YouTube show? Like, yeah, I go up to people and I do the gay voice and they're supposed to get mad and weirded out and yell at me. But nobody said anything to me so far and he stomps away. Like, he's so disappointed, hanging his head in shame. It, It's 2013. Like, I get it's Alabama, but I deeply regret not stopping the kid. After that, going over to him and explaining all this to him. But I was so blindsided by that this happened, I was in shock for like the next five minutes. You reevaluated your life. I mean, first of all, I wanted to tell him, nobody actually thinks you're gay. They just think you're a douchebag frat boy making fun of gay people. So their first instinct is to walk away. Second of all... What are you trying to prove? Like, well, what's your central thesis? If you act really annoying to people, they'll be annoyed. That and gay people talk funny. I think was the main, the main, the main goal he was shooting for. You know, call me crazy, but maybe, maybe that's just my belief. I should, should have just sat down next to him and explained comedy. <laughs> 
we have this amazing gift of technology. This generation has been born into a world where anyone can produce content and put it online where it's readily available to anyone who wants it. That's, that's Star Trek shit as far as I'm concerned. We are living in an age of miracles. And this child, this ignorant, evil child, <laughs> uses this miracle to do a silly gay voice in Walmart. I mean, would, do you expect like people to, like, <laughs> lynch mob to chase after him? Oh, no, a gay man. Ah. He has germs. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like, you know, shit that was kind of passe, like in the 90s, yeah. started going out of style. So, And Bruno yeah. notwithstanding. Yeah, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and you know, I I agree with it. Just, I mean, if if you if you can't come up with something better than that, then just stop, please, for everybody's sake. What we're saying is, fuck you, kid with a YouTube channel. Your yeah, fame just, is ill deserved. Exactly, just because you have a YouTube channel, and that's the thing that I always feel like is the downside. All this stuff, yeah. Anybody who wants to put out content can put out content, but is it worthy of you know being sought out and consumed by the masses? <laughs> Probably only like you know two percent of it at most is. Uh, I'm counting us among this, by the way. We can all be daily grace. Yeah, just because we have the right to start a podcast doesn't mean anyone should listen to it. Who gave us the right, Matt? Al Gore gave us the right when he invented the internet. <laughs> Are we capable of handling the responsibility of being content creators in this new digital age? What you say? I'm sorry, I wouldn't listen. I was looking at a funny YouTube video. I apologize. Ah, God damn it. But this guy, he did a gay voice at Target. What? Completely different. Completely different. Oh, I don't think Target's going to like that, man. Um. So, yeah, uh, do we want to get down to the heart of the matter? Yeah, we move on from that bullshit to discuss... Topical bullshit. Bullshit. Bullshit, Matt. Bullshit, James. Bullshit. That's going to be the, the next 40 minutes. Bullshit. It just turns into that bar scene from Into the Wild. We're stomping things. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. But yeah, bullshit. We all suffer through it. Yeah, we all suffer through it. We all sling it from time to time. How do you think I got into this show? <laughs> now, you think my resume was on the up and up? Well, I did ask you that lovely question about if you were a flower or what type of flower you would be, and you answered honestly, so I appreciated your candor. I think we know each other well enough for me to reveal this. I'm not Samoan, Matt. Damn it. Get the fuck out. <laughs> right now. Uh, but yeah, bullshit. Uh, of course, this category can be you know, everything from like just bald-faced lying to fudging facts and stuff like that. Uh, to even, it relates to the previous topic of media, which of course turns out bullshit in mass as george carlin dubbed it bullshit junction that's where politics advertising and just general bullshit comes together he wasn't wrong um which is interesting because like you know when it comes like media and stuff you know i was in radio for a few years uh i really don't have much in the way of like spin and shit like that dude doing Thing. I, I was not like, you know, some muckraker or, you know, not e I wasn't even like making up stories and stuff like that. Um, so Scoop Johnson was a man of integrity. Was a man of integrity. Now, my, one of my former bosses wasn't, apparently. I found out after she got fired that one of the reasons she got fired was because she was plagiarizing a newspaper with with radio articles. What? So, yeah. Scandal. 
But in her defense, she was, you know, 65 years old, you know, grandmother who was just waiting to get, you know, her Social Security benefits to kick in for she quit. So you mean those stories about Bat Boy weren't on the up and up? Yeah. Unfortunately, Bat Boy and his wife did not get a divorce. They're still happily married as far as we know. What, 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 how's Elvis? Um, oh, Elvis, we just had fun. We played Pinochle earlier before Thank I started God. recording. Yeah, He's fine. We ate some peanut butter and nanner sandwiches, so we're good. Is he recovering from that car wreck? I heard that was pretty bad. <laughs> he's fine. Don't worry. He, he's still a hunk of hunk of burning love. But um, the biggest story I actually have about bullshit, uh, it's actually a personal story that <laughs> I still think about it every so often because it ruined me, James. <laughs> Turned you into the shell of a man you are now. It, it really did. It really did. This is not a joke, but here's what happened. Um, when I was about six or seven, my father and a couple of his friends were going fishing, and uh, I wanted to go. Uh, I wanted to go, and he didn't want me to go. He, he said, you know, I don't know. He His excuse has always been there wasn't enough people in the boat, you know. Although I was, I was seven at the time. I was skinny, you know, little. I couldn't have been that much weight. But there was only three of them going. So I kept begging, begging, let me go, please. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. He said, all right, fine. I'll let you go. Um, go in the house, get your shoes, and uh, we'll be ready to go when you come out. So I run in the house, look for my shoes. I'm all excited. You know, get to go. And then I put on my shoes, and I start running back out. As, as I'm coming out the front door, I see the truck and the boat are pulling away. They're already halfway down the street. My father lied to me. And... He he pulled away. That was it. That was the day. Like it was like you know you've heard that song "Cats in the Cradle." <laughs> that was it right there. Because... Oh, was he was he leaning out the window laughing hysterically? <laughs> <laughs> they were they were all in the car together singing grease tunes. You better shape up, boy. But um, but no, seriously, I think subconsciously something happened to me because then then I, I've never been fishing since. <laughs> I've never wanted to go fishing uh, other than like horseback riding. Like my father and I, we've never done fishing, hunting, anything like that together since then. Like I said, other than horseback riding. But like I said, I think that's maybe subconscious me, you know, getting back at him. You know, like I said, cats in the cradle, daddy. Yeah, this is completely off topic, but the image of you and your dad horseback riding together is still hilarious to me. Miss you in your Fabio shirt, your dad clinging tightly to you. We rode different horses, okay? <laughs> and it doesn't make it better. I was I was Billy Crystal city slicker. I wore a baseball cap. I didn't wear a cowboy hat. I hate cowboy hats, and I wore sneakers. That ended with your dad boxing the horse. <laughs> he had it coming um but yeah i always i think i think about that every so often just because you know that was some bullshit some of the biggest bullshit that i can remember you know uh, with me i had a similar experience with parental bullshit this wasn't a single afternoon this was spread over a significant portion of my life and this was the bullshit that my parents didn't smoke pot, uh-huh. which so. was an elaborate fiction they maintained until I was about 
eight or nine. Mm -hmm. Despite overwhelming evidence, my favorite being uh, the weed sifter in the kitchen was a watering can. (laughs) But what's the sifter for? To sift water. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there was a lot of mysterious trips to the bedroom where they were talking. They were having sex. No, they weren't having sex. No. They, yeah, I lived, they had to have sex at some point. You're here. so I lived know. in a house with very thin walls. I James, knew when my James, parents had sex. James, you know how babies are created? Do you know where they come from? Do I not have to have this talk with you? It's my mom smokes very special weed. Then a baby just appears. Yeah, that's more or less right. Um, Yeah, like my father, you know, he smoked smoke weed when I was little, but I never really thought about it, really. Like, uh, finally he told me what he was doing, like, when I was, like, eight or nine. He didn't, there was no elaborate ruses, you know, around my house. Like, I think I always got him in trouble one time because I told, like, my teacher in second grade that my father smoked. He rolled his own cigarettes like a cowboy <laughs> did. And she, I think she knew what I was talking about. She was his dealer. There. Probably. So was there ever a moment where your dad just flat out told you? Was it like Bender and the Breakfast Club? He just handed you one and was like, smoke up, Jimmy. <laughs> he just, you know, like I said, by the time I got like eight or nine, I knew what he was doing. I didn't ever say anything. And finally, one day he said, hey, you know what I'm doing, right? When he was like rolling one, I'm like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Come on, Dad. I'm not stupid. I learned it from you. that I ran off. Although, you know. Technically, I've never smoked weed, so... You ran off and grabbed your play school, My Little Bong. Yeah. It blows bubbles out. <laughs> uh, the, you know, people talk about weed being a gateway drug. Those little blow things, the, the blowing bubble things, those are the gateway drug. Yeah, you were tripping balls on those bubbles whenever you were six. Okay. Like, you ever go to a park and see kids just running around with bubbles, like, ah, that's why. They're high. Exactly. But, but yeah, like, uh, like I said, it was never really a problem. Like, there was really no, there really wasn't much my parents kept hitting for me until later when they kept some dark, dark shit for me. I mean, I'm not even We're saving joking. that for the next episode, dark shit. <laughs> I'm not even joking, but yeah, there was some dark shit going on that, you know. I know they talk about, like, ignorance is bliss, but... I don't know, I sometimes feel like that's a double-edged sword that, yeah, it's good not to know, but, you know, I kind of want to know, too, because that way I can do something. But Skeletons, Matt. We all have them in our closet. Yes, they're all in our closet. They're all banging to get out every night, no matter how much alcohol we try to drink to kill the pain. They're still there, always crying, always begging, always haunting me. Uh, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, you... Make a really good point. Every family has that, uh, those couple of secrets that everyone tries so hard not to reveal. Yeah. Until somebody gets drunk and blabs it all. I'm just lucky that, you know, my parents was something minor compared to, like, I had a friend whose mom, I know this is so bad, but they, yeah, they called his mom as a prostitute, you know. And my parents were shocked because I'd been over to their house before. You know, they'd seem like normal people when I was there. But, you know, the dad was pimping the mom out. They confronted you about it. How much did you pay, boy? 
I just got my pinky wet. That's all. You're just too little taste. to be in debt. <laughs> you um, think we're paying $100 a week to pay off your one-night stand with Miss Tiffany? <laughs> yeah, there was the elaborate ruse that my parents didn't smoke bought, which was eventually revealed to me whenever I was eight or nine. In the same set of circumstances that all of my family's secrets were revealed to me. My mom got drunk and told me. Hey, I smoke weed. I get that big titty bitch out of my sack. <laughs> it was actually more dramatic than that. I just, like, opened up a door and my mom smoking a bong. Dun-dun! Like, Mom, what the hell are you doing? I'm smoking weed. You got a problem with that? <laughs> it comes from the ground, James. And I was a very anti-drug child, so this was, like, completely knocking the rug out from under me. You, like, I, you... You bought into the dare philosophy. I did. I just said no. And I was so offended. I I was literally planning on calling the cops on my parents that night. Oh, Jesus. Like, I ran to my sisters crying. Mom and Dad are on drugs. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> they are on the pot. Like that was my that was literally my thought because that was what I had been fed at school that yeah. bad people did drugs and if you did drugs you were bad and today it was smoking pot tomorrow they'd be selling us to white slavers for a hit <laughs> of that sweet sweet Mary Jane like an hour later my dad came home and we had this very very long conversation which somehow led into the Kennedy assassination and <laughs> corruption yeah, in but our government. Done. Yeah, but you didn't know that he was smoking weed, huh? <laughs> like, it was very long and complex. My dad uh, talked about moral ambiguity and how some things that are said to be wrong aren't really wrong. And it's like the most complex philosophical conversation I've ever had in my life. How old were you? Eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to this day, there's not been a conversation that's past it. And seriously, when... Maybe the most important conversation of my life that framed the way I would view the world from now on. I went from being like a very conservative child. Oh, the world is black and white, and there are good guys and there are bad guys. To thinking, well, actually, life's a lot more fucked up with that. Wow. See, for you, it was a talk with your dad. For me, it was the wire that taught me that. <laughs> you were also eight. Omar, when I saw Omar Little's ass, I was like, there is no good and evil anymore. They're just shades of gray. Truly, morality is relative. <laughs> Damn, this is some good bubble. <laughs> um, but didn't you want to get into some media bullshit? In oh, addition yes. to familial bullshit? Because that's something we all have. We're just going to leave that for right now. Because that was... As previously stated, some bullshit. <laughs> but now we move on to national bullshit, Matt. Yes. Well, last month we had the arguably bullshit George Zimmerman verdict. Yes. Which has had a lot of people talking. Yes. Um, it, yeah, it's funny, like, when you see cases like this, all you know, I see people complain about it, but it's true. All of a sudden everybody becomes, you know... Uh, an expert on constitutional law and all this stuff. You know, they yeah, said it's the, this. It's the OJ trial all over again. Yeah. Suddenly, everyone is a legal scholar. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I hate, I got so sick of this trial just because of how the media portrayed it as, you know, the whole, I mean, black versus white thing. Uh, same thing they did with OJ, you know, the same thing they've done for years now. But I don't know. I just feel like I was very conflicted on the thing. You know, you know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't one of these people who are out there like, good, he should have got away. I'm not one of those people that said, you know, oh, God, a murder is legal now in Florida. Woe is the Constitution. This is the death rattle of the American Republic. You know, I wasn't one of those. Where are my Skittles? Yeah. Now, I did say that. but (laughs) You say that all the time, though. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I do think that, personally, my belief, first off, the guy wasn't innocent. He killed Trayvon Martin. He shot him. There's no way you can argue against that. You can argue over his intent. And I personally think that it was an accidental shooting. I don't think that he was out, like people said, out to kill a black guy that night. He was going to kill a black guy regardless of what happened. But I do think no, that's that. That's not what I believe. I do think that he did shoot him in self defense uh, in a fight. I think at this fight, you can, I mean, just based on like the evidence that, you know, he was beaten up and stuff, there was a fight. And. I mean, like I said, he should have been manslaughtered or something like that, but I don't think it would have been first-degree murder by anything. And, you know, I hate seeing the people. Most of it, I notice, are uh, liberal white people who I've seen cry the strongest about this, how, you know, they're comparing, like, Trayvon Martin to, like, Emmett Till. And you know what Emmett Till is. You're from the South. You're from Alabama. You are – actually, it wasn't Alabama, but it was Mississippi, but – um, yeah, uh, but yeah, like people who compared this to Emmett Till, that is just so preposterous. And it just, once I saw that, I was like, that's it. I'm out. You know, I don't get the impression that Zimmerman was out like specifically to murder someone, but just that it was a situation that was handled in the most retarded way possible. Yeah. And it got a, a child killed. Exactly. Going back to the manslaughter thing. I saw something someone had written pointing out all of the things that you can go to prison for manslaughter for doing. Like, if you undercook someone's food in a restaurant and they get sick and die, you get manslaughter. Yeah. Like, there's a laundry list of things significantly lesser than what Zimmerman did that would get you a manslaughter charge. And yet, he got away with it because because the trial was a circus. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with the Michael Jackson verdict or the O.J. verdict. It wasn't a lack of evidence. It wasn't uh, anything with the legal team. It was specifically the trial was a circus. If the trial is a circus, the guy gets off. That's one thing that's been proved time and time again. And I do think that, honestly, like, you know, not guilty is, you know, they said this about Case Anthony, but not guilty is not the same as innocent, you know. And, like, with her, you know, everybody knows she knows what happened. And we all know that she was guilty, but they couldn't prove anything. But, uh, but yeah, like, you know, just horrible stuff that the media did. Like, you know, they even edited, like, Zimmerman's 911 call to make him sound more racist. NBC News did that. Do, do you remember that? Yeah. yeah that mean, was not helping. Jesus. And that's only people in trying to incite and stuff and. You know, uh, right, not and, that Fox News didn't do its yeah. own fair share. Oh, of I mean, course, I'm just, just disgusted by just how little effort Fox News made to hide their pros and bias. 
Yeah, I think it was one of their talking heads come out and said Trayvon Martin or something to the fact that Trayvon Martin should have been killed because he was a no good criminal kid. You know, yeah, he had some brushes with law. He may have been kind of rough at times, but he didn't deserve to die. No one deserves to die. No, I mean, you have to do some heinous, heinous shit in my book to deserve to die. You know, I mean, you have to murder 20,000 people or, you know, not take me fishing, and then you're dead to me. I mean, here's – I mean, I have two things to say on that note. First of all, if that was a white kid who had a similar history, people would have looked at him and just thought, oh, he's just a scrappy little kid who's gone down the wrong path a couple of times. There, he's a good kid. Yeah, He exactly. just needs a little direction in his life, but – it's a black kid. Oh, that little black punk. Yeah, I know. I understand. I mean, there are kids like, you know, white kids like that who probably pretty much did the same thing that Trayvon Martin did. But, you know, they're seen as, like you said, good, kind of good kids who, you know, mess up. Like, we all do. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, like you know, black, white, blah, 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 all this stuff. You're going to make mistakes because you're only human. And, and – go ahead. And going – and the second thing uh, – it doesn't matter if Trayvon Martin was a serial killer. Zimmerman didn't know that. Yeah. All he knew was that he was a black kid in a hoodie walking down the street, and that made him uncomfortable. Yeah. But then again, like I said, I know, like, you know, I believe profiling was involved. Of course it was involved. Um, profiling happens to everybody, you know, whether it's like us, you know, who get the good side of profiling. Or it's like black people and Muslims and Latinos who you know get the bad the, the the bad side of profiling. Um, but I mean, like I said once again, just because he was profiling, I don't think he necessarily wanted you know to kill him. You know, I don't think so. I think you know he wanted to you know stop him or whoever it was he was looking for. You know, he made an assumption and he made a mistake. I just think like, in his. You know, in his retarded mind, he was going to make a citizen's arrest and be a yeah. hero. Yeah, exactly. He like some. That's that. See, to me, that's the biggest thing that you know. Him being like you know not being a cop at all, being citizen arrest neighborhood, whatever it was he was, you know, was just. You know, I, I don't know. He seemed like he was a guy that they shouldn't have done. Like he shouldn't have been involved with neighborhood watch or whatever he was involved with, but. I mean, that still doesn't stop him from getting a gun, but that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other can of worms we don't even need to open at all. That's our 50th episode, guns. They ain't going to be taking my guns, James. Going back to Fox News and how they would not hide their bias, I mean, even – not even on, like, the the talk shows. Like, even in just the casual top-of-the-hour news reports, I would hear them say something about the trial, and the reporter would make an offhand mar- remark like, well, it seems like the prosecution story just keeps falling apart by the minute. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? That, well, to be fair, like, my brother, he watched some of it, like, like live on the internet. So he just told me how much of a sham, like, seriously, the prosecution really didn't have much. I mean, they, and the defense, the defense didn't have much. Uh, it's just like, like he was talking, it's just, you know, he could tell it was just, so they were on they neither one of them had much to go on you know just because the main thing the key witness in this whole thing was dead and you know if Zimmerman didn't take the stand you know there was nothing they could do about it yeah there wasn't really a case that had evidence to back it up on the, on either side it was just 
a thing that have happened, and everyone kind of agrees on the events that happened, and it's yeah. just your interpretation of it. Yeah, exactly. You can't get motive and intent from facts in a timeline. You know, you can't like, – like I said, the only way you can get motive and frame of mind is to actually talk to Trayvon Martin, talk to George Zimmerman, and since we couldn't talk to either one, you know, that's always going to be a mystery until, you know, George Zimmerman writes his book, you know. If, if I did it. If I did it, you know, yeah, exactly. But I've, um, I've heard this trial cited by some people as, you know, the first sign in this country's war against the white man, which I find hilarious because George Zimmerman is Hispanic. <laughs> With a Jewish name. Yeah, that's, what fascinates, that that's what fascinates me about all of the white people who were backing Zimmerman. Like, you, you realize he's not white, right? I guess in their minds, he was close enough to white to, for them to jump on the bandwagon and use it as an opportunity to, you know, spew their message and hateful agenda. And speaking of what people were saying about Trayvon Martin's background, have you heard some of the crazier uh, assumptions people have made from him? Mm-mm. Like he was not only was he you know, a teenage punk, he was a drug lord. Oh no! Like they were make. I've seen some people like make him out like he was Kaiser Soze. Trayvon Martin is Heisenberg. Right. as we know by now, Trayvon Martin was out buying uh, some Arizona tea and Skittles. But did you know, Matt, that Arizona tea and Skittles, and in combination with about a hundred other things, can be used to make meth? <laughs> seriously he was on his way home so he could create a new batch of that sweet sweet crystal taste the rainbow bitch um yeah that's like saying that you know you take tea and you know uh you take tea you take skittles and you take dynamite and you've got a bomb you know <laughs> all he needed was the dynamite and he would have had a bomb okay here is one astute observer's deconstruction of Trayvon Martin's Facebook page titled, Trayvon Martin was a drug dealer. Keep in mind, he prefaces this with, I'm going to correct the Ebonics use unless it seems necessary to reference directly to the source. Otherwise, I'll do my best to interpret it into something people unfamiliar with nuance within a, quote, cultural language can understand. So in other words, I'm going to de-black this as much as possible. For those of you not in the know, trippin' refers to going out of one's mind. He types this as he's eating a big spoonful of mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> but looking at some of these posts on here, uh, there's one post of one of his friends saying, Oh, I missed you at school. Where were you? Beneath it is the text, Is it possible that Trayvon wasn't in class? Because he was too busy selling drugs? Dun, dun, dun. Also, two is spelled T-O. Yeah, I saw that. Um, now, I will say this, that, yeah, this is wrong, but there's also a flip side to this. On the, on the other side, where uh, something else that the news did... Uh, Again, this was the major news networks, but every time for months, whenever we saw Trayvon Martin, it was that picture of him as a 12-year-old, 
and him looking like a little kid, and then the picture of like George Zimmerman where he was like a fat, chubby, like weirdo. And those were out of you know out of date pictures. They hadn't updated the pictures. It made it look like you know the like he had killed an eight year old almost is what they had done. And I feel like that to me is just as you know uh, biased as what this is. You know, if that makes sense. I wouldn't say just as biased. But well, yeah, I mean, it's I, not I as where you're coming from. Right, with that. It's not as insane, you know. But still, it's trying to play on, you know, the sympathy of people showing. Oh, you know, you know, this guy obviously killed this this boy in cold blood. You know, didn't even give a second thought. But I mean, that's that's what I'm saying is bullshit from both sides. And yeah, you know, like I said, he was a rough. You know, he had he had some trouble, you know, in the past. And like you look look at that thing, you know, they found him with like traces of weed in a in a baggie. I mean, okay. He made a seventeen year old smoked weed? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> the eight year old you would have been ruined. It's a good thing this didn't happen when you were eight years old. You would have been firmly in the George Zimmerman camp. He smoked weed so he deserved to die. That's what you would have said. There's another conversation on here, which is Trayvon and one of his friends you know, discussing when to go out and do something. Trayvon agreeing with a friend to meet at an undisclosed location to sell drugs? Or to possibly engage in some other illegal activity? Oh! They could be selling endangered animals on the black market. We don't know. But because we don't know, I'm going to put that out there. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's just... Like I said, this is like one of those things where nobody wins. I mean, yeah, George Zimmerman, he got off, but, you know, he would have probably, honestly, would have been better off in jail. You know, than he would have been, you know, because now a lot of people are pissed off at him. They're, you know, they're blaming him for a shoddy justice system and uh, an even shoddier media. And so, you know, maybe one day someone might hit see them somewhere and you don't know what's going to happen because there have been death threats people you know all kinds of people uh oh his brother has issued statements saying how concerned he is over the threat of vigilante justice yeah i mean it, which I is mean, you know, irony so thick it chokes yeah you. i know but it, it, it could happen i mean you never know but i mean like i said i don't know this is just it's already a tragic case and the media just just made it something worse and it divided the country and it did exactly what it was supposed to do you know now this is going to make me sound crazy or whatever but while people are bitching about you know black versus white george zimmerman versus Trevor martin you know the real people who are ruining the country you're getting away with it you know, it takes us, our focus away from people in Congress and, you know, uh, all the politicians and all these people who, you know, are actually the real villains behind this whole story. You know, but the spin has to throw it down here to get controversy, like I said, to get the people divisive against each other because they don't want us to be together because if we get together, we unite as a people, you know, we might start questioning things and they don't like it like that. So, I know it sounds like fucking redneck Texan right there, but I don't care. That's what are, I firmly believe. Are you saying that the true villain in this is the man? Dun, dun, dun. And the man is Obama. What a twist. 
But before we leave this subject, I'm going to describe the very last post on this, which is, and this is their words, this image of Trayvon Martin posing aggressively with a large amount of cash in his hand, which yes. is how they end this this dissertation. Yeah. So this he's either a drug dealer or you know a cheap lawyer on infomercial. <laughs> I can get you money. Look money. at him. Look at him posing posing sinisterly with his birthday money from grandma. Exactly. But uh, moving on from tragic bullshit. Let's go on to hilarious bullshit. Hilarious bullshit, exactly. Buttery hilarious bullshit, if you will. Yes, as you may or may not know, Matt, Paula Dean is racist. Paula Dean, y'all. I don't want y'all on my lawn. All y'all black people get out of here. <laughs> I only like black people when they cut my grass, y'all. I only like them when they're tap dancing. <laughs> I find it amazing how many people... Just blindly defend Paula Dean, not knowing the things she actually said. Yeah. Which were, I want my brother to have a plantation-style wedding with a bunch of old colored boys in tuxedos tap dancing like slaves. <laughs> She's well, who, hasn't, it... who, who hasn't dreamed of that at one point or the other? Uh, uh, maybe I have. I don't know. Um, no comment. But, uh... uh to add bullshit to injury, her explanation of that was, that wasn't racist. She had just been to a restaurant the week before where all the waiters were old black men, and she thought it was cute. Yeah. I mean, Uncle Tom's is the you know the most <laughs> premier dining establishment in the heart of the South. Come on. Don't be racist about it, James. There you go. I'd make everything racist. To be fair, Paula Dean is one of those people who just looks racist. Like something this, about news, her this news eyes. was not shocking at all. Something about her eyes, her wild eyes. She, there are people you get that they've said the N-word more than their fair share. I've known because I've looked in people's eyes like that. So, racist eyes. Yeah, racist Devil's yeah. eyes. <laughs> yeah, racist Whitey eyes is what we call them. Yeah, but, something but yeah, was I mean, up before the story broke whenever I went into work and all of our Paula Deen stuff was on sale. Even afterwards, I was like, oh, you can't taste racism. Well, like, all right, I, I know there was that, but what was the other thing? There was like, was like isn't it like some employee that's suing her? Because like, yeah, because her and her brother were both racist and sexually harassed their employees. Okay. It's assumed the brother sexually harassed him, but I wouldn't put past Paula Deen. You bring those chunky biscuits over here, girl. It gets lonely. Yeah. Day and night, having to always cook. Woman has needs, James. That butter ain't just for, you know, ain't just for margarine. <laughs> it's just know, been girl. me and my loaves of bread for far too long. Come here, let me give you some love butter, baby. But, uh, speaking of how much white people love Paula Dean, there's a recent news story that broke the other day that concerns your adopted state, Georgia. Yay, she is from Georgia. It turns out, according to a recent poll, Georgia Republicans like Paula Dean more than Martin Luther King. Ah, ooh, what a shock. I mean, it, well, I mean, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. That is kind of shocking, you know. In a poll of Georgia Republicans, 75% said they had a favorable opinion of Paula Dean. 
only 59% had a favorable opinion of Martin Luther King. I'm not even concerned with the Paula Dean thing. I want to know who has the negative opinion of Martin Luther King. I don't know. Shit like this would really, you know... It's not often I say I'm embarrassed to be from the South, but this is definitely one of those times. I mean, what is it specifically? Are you that mad that he cheated on his wife that time? Well, to be fair, Martin Luther King can't cook, and you know how we are in the South. We don't care about equal rights as long as we get some shrimp and grits. The funny thing is I have known someone who gets enraged every time Martin Luther King comes is brought up. Really? Not for racist reasons, but just because they feel that no one should be made a hero out of. Like, I don't want to hear that bullshit about Martin Luther King and how great he was. He was just a guy. Other people worked for civil rights, too. Well, what about Jesus? Is this this guy a fan of Jesus? Or is it, be honest with me, is it your uh, cousin who thinks there's only four types of people in the world? That was my sister. Oh, okay. Again, this is me getting back to the same thing I said about I can't believe I'm going to compare Trayvon Martin to Paula Dean. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, people make mistakes. You know, she screwed up, and I know that you know a one-time thing you know is not the same as obviously she's made a pattern of this over the years. And it's easy for me to say being a white guy, but I think sometimes we could always do with like separating. The media figure, personal and professional lives a little bit, you know. And that's what I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying what she did is right. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to, you know, lose her money and all this stuff. But you know, I think that we have to realize that people, you know, people are people. They're not just because they're on TV, just because they cook something, just because they throw a football doesn't make them nice people or even people we should aspire to be, you know. And now we put entirely too much faith in public figures. Exactly. Both in politics and yeah. in the media. Exactly. It's like this person is known to me, so I'm going to assume they're heroic. Yeah. And you know, what, I mean, seriously, what has Paula Dean done other than cook? I mean, she cooks. From what I'm saying, I've never, I've never eaten her food, but it looks, it looks really delicious. So you know, that apparently makes her worthy of you know, worship. By millions of people who will blindly follow her, you know. Yeah, there is this weird thing about human psychology where if we see anyone in a position, in what we view as a position of power, we assume that they got there through strength of character. Mm-hmm. Not just because they did shit well. Yeah, exactly. I, that's all Paula Dean did. She cooked shit well. The politicians you see on TV, they talk to people well. Yeah, and then as this me, I think this is me getting back to uh, history again. But I think this is just indicative of like how things used to be in Roman Greece, where you know you didn't become somebody if you weren't a strong, you know, leader or a strong moral figure or a strong. You know, you had to be good at something and be you know pure of heart and pure of ethics and all this stuff. And I think that sort of We've carried that idea with us over the years, and that's just what leads to the inevitable downfall of people like her, people like – even like people like Michael Vick who, you know, what he did was horrible. I mean I'm not comparing these two. I'm not saying they're similar in any way, but, you know, it's just 
we take these people who we don't know anything about, and we put these ideas and these thoughts and these uh, these hopes and dreams that we have on these people, and we think that you know we project those onto them. And then when it's revealed that they're only human and they have flaws and they do horrible things, it's just a lot more you know crushing. Two things on that. One, I would say that the trade-off was better in Roman times because not only would you get power, you'd get to join the pantheon of gods. Yeah. So maybe if we bring that back, you know, we'd get stronger leaders. I don't, I don't know if I want to see – well, no, I, I changed that. I do want to see Bill Clinton as a god. <laughs> up, the sax man. Yeah. Ain't no party like a Clinton party. You stay a, classy, planet Earth. <laughs> but uh, what was your second yeah, point? And I – I agree with you. It's like I said, it's something about people where we want to believe that the world is fair and that if you're good at something, it means you're a good person because otherwise you wouldn't have that success. It's hard for us to grasp the concept that skill is value neutral. Yeah. Like I know you and I, we, there are a lot of authors we love and even though you know, we might think we're above that, in the back of our heads we still think, well, if someone can write something this beautiful, they have to be a good person. Yeah. When really it's just, no, I'm no different from a plumber. I can string pretty words together. Yeah. Uh, Hitler was a good talker. Didn't make him a good person. But a shit I'll... painter, though. Yeah, very shit painter. Like, no but... real sense of perspective or composition, just, just pure crap. Yeah, so at least there's that. There's a little justice in the world. Truly, Matt, we are mired in a sea of bullshit. We were just waiting. We had to roll our pants legs up because it got thick in here this episode. But let's take a brief reprieve from this bullshit and once again listen to another session of Redneck's Revenge Poetry Jam. This episode's Poetry Jam comes from Redneck's Revenge poster, Anglo-American. And that's America spelled with just the K, not the C. Of course. I'm not entirely sure what that signifies, but It's okay. supposed to be like a thing of, like, uh, people use it in the context that America is like the Soviet Union or Nazi Party or something like that. You know, we've not, we're no longer America, we're America. Because I think in the Soviet Union or whatever, Russia, like, they don't have Cs, they have Ks. Thanks for dropping some conspiracy on us. Conspiracy. This comes from no news story in particular. This is just something he had to get off his chest in a comment thread. As we all do from time to time. Having no friends is fairly common for leaders. It's lonely at the top, they often say. Everything we see happening around us is logical. We here are rather old-fashioned and a little like our ancestors. Know that electing someone like Obama would not be a good idea. We feel it in our bones, but it is just a spark, and we feel a need to rationalize it. In fact, it would never be considered possible, hardly even conceivable, by our ancestors. Things change, the world changes, following a cold and simplistic logic. Conditioning. 
somehow we got strapped into a chair and watched a televiewer day after day, night after night for years and years. Images of sex, Negroes coming to the rescue, sex, idiotic white man, MLK, stripped pajamas, sex, dumb blonde, savvy black, sex, homosexuals flickering on and off, on and off, burning images into our brains. Stumbling out into the night, we are given two choices, McCain or Obama. D. I like the way that made no sense while still making <laughs> no sense. Uh, it had lots of sex in it, so I was interested. Yeah. Sex. And like people doing stuff, but mostly sex. As we all know. The only thing more terrifying than sex is black people doing sex. <laughs> or uh, dumb white people, apparently. Dumb blondes and savvy blacks. A new <laughs> comedy coming this fall to CBS. I thought I thought that was the name of like a uh, of a ninja rock band back in the nineties, but I could be wrong. <laughs> to be fair, idiotic white men and dumb blondes is pretty much every sitcom. <laughs> Plus sex, sex, sex. He knows what we like. Who uh, who wrote that again? Was that Redneck Texan or was it someone oh, it's else? Anglo American. Yeah, that's right. Anglo American. Anglo American. There you go. It's like Yiddish. You got a when you say it. Ha 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 ha. So you supposed to laugh in Yiddish? She didn't know that. Anglo American is a proud patron of the Jewish people. Yes. Although technically Anglo means he's not anywhere near Jewish, but anyway. He's a fan. He's a yeah. fan. He likes brisket. He enjoys the works of Woody Allen, as we all do from time to time. Anglo-American is many things. A racist, a homophobe, an idiot, a racist, a homophobe, pajamas. But he is not an anti-Semite. How does one become pajamas? That's what I want to know. To defeat pajamas, you have to become pajamas. He who fights pajamas becomes the pajamas he fights. So if you took anything from this redneck poetry jam... It's fear the pajamas at your doorstep. Sex. And also pick up the latest CD by Dumb Blonde and Savvy Blacks. And until the South rises again, this has been Bullshit. And I have been a bullshitter. And you've just been below the bullshit belt. Bullshit. 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 Shit bull. Ha Bullshit! 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 Bullsh